Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello everybody and welcome to Squidly Careers Podcast. I'm Helen. And I'm Sarah. And we are your hosts of this weekly podcast, which is designed to help you work your way through the ups and downs that we all face in our careers, give you lots of ideas for action, some of our own reflections and some practical resources to help you with your development. And today we are going to be talking about self-awareness, which is one of the topics that we cover in our new book, You Coach You. I feel like maybe we haven't talked about it much on the podcast. I feel like we're talking about it everywhere, Sarah, this new book. So I'm always a bit conscious of like, oh, don't want to talk about it all the time. But if you don't know, Sarah and I have got a new book coming out. Hooray! And it's coming out in January and it is called You Coach You. And it's designed to help you overcome your career challenges and take control of your career as much as is possible when so much is changing around us. And one of the most important skills in coaching yourself is the skill of self-awareness. So Sarah's going to talk a little bit about what self-awareness is, because I think it's when you dig into this, it's a little bit more complicated, I think, or complex than it might seem at first. And then we've got six practical ideas for action for you to accelerate your self-awareness. And if you would like to join us for some book launch events, we have two dates in January where we are going to be taking You Coach You live. We've got one in London on the 19th of January and one in Manchester on the 31st of January. It's going to be a mixture of a workshop. We've got some guest speakers. We're going to be doing some live Q&A and some book signings, which always feels kind of a bit weird to sign your book. (laughs) <laughs> funny. Anyway, uh, all the links for those events, and we would love to see you there, are in the show notes, or you can just email us. We're just Helen and Sarah at squigglycareers.com. So let's get on to this week's topic, which is about self-awareness. And there's this great quote from Tasha Yurik, who's done a lot of research on self-awareness that we're going to talk through today. And she also has a really good TED talk. And she says, self-awareness is the most important skill to be successful in the 21st century at work. And I always feel reassured when someone describes anything as a skill, because I think when we know something's a skill, it means that we can learn it, practice it and improve it. And it's interesting, I've read quite a lot of articles and research about self-awareness, and there's no doubt that it's important and that the more self-aware we are, the better it is for our work and everything around us. But I still think there's quite a lot of work for everyone to do in terms of making that really practical, because it is quite a big abstract idea this idea of being self-aware like what does that look like what behaviors would you expect to see so certainly in the second part of this podcast we are going to do our best to really talk very practically about well what would you start doing rather than just thinking I need to be more self-aware what would that look like 
But we did want to start just reflecting a bit on some of the research because I find it interesting. And what Tasha Yurik talks about is these two different types of self-awareness. So she says there is internal self-awareness and external self-awareness. So let's just talk about each of those in turn first. So internal self-awareness is when we know ourselves. So we know our strengths, our values, passions and aspirations, and you understand your thoughts and feelings. And when we know ourselves and we've got that internal self-awareness, it increases our job and relationship satisfaction and it decreases anxiety and stress. External self-awareness is knowing how other people see us. So, for example, you might know your strengths, but do you know what other people think your strengths are? And you might think, well, I understand how I'm feeling, but do you understand the impact that those feelings have on other people? And as you can imagine, with external self-awareness, it improves our empathy and our ability to understand other people's perspectives. And I think then when we understand those two sort of lenses to look at self-awareness through, it's perhaps no surprise that it is rare to have high levels of both internal and external self-awareness. Tasha Yurik's research found that about 10 to 15 percent of the people in her research actually had both. And just because you have high levels of awareness in one of those, either internal or external, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have high levels in the other, which I think I thought they would go hand in hand. Like, oh, if you've got high internal, then external sort of goes alongside that. But actually, they're almost two things that we need to be conscious of working on both of them at the same time or in parallel. So as we go through the actions today, we've tried to mix up the actions. I think some of them you'll hear will be more clearly around internal self-awareness and some of them will help you more with external. So our simple definition of self-awareness is how clearly we see ourselves and understanding how other people see us too. So I think that's our job to do and it's also definitely not something that you stop. I think that's the other thing to remind yourself of if this is something you need to continually commit to and keep coming back to. So let's get into how. How are we all going to do this? So the first idea for action that we've got is all about your internal self-awareness. And this is about regularly reflecting on how you're feeling about things to give you some of that insight. So what we'd recommend you do is ask yourself one question at the end of every day and maybe try doing this for a week. And we've got a few questions for you, but you might start to develop your own, which we always think is most effective when you kind of have your own questions, really. But here are four questions that you could ask yourself at the end of a day and just make sure that you give yourself the time to think your answers through as well it's not we're not trying to rush and move on to whatever else we're trying to do next so a question like what did I do today that made a positive impact or in what situations did I do my best work today what did I find difficult today or even what do I get frustrated by in my day And what you might have spotted if you were sort of listening very closely there to each of Helen's questions is each of those is a what question. And one of the things that Tasha Yurik found in the work that she's done is that often we think we should be asking why questions to improve our self-awareness because we think, oh, you know, why questions are deep and meaningful questions. But what she's found is that what questions help us to stay objective, future focused and empower us to act on our new insights. So it doesn't mean that why questions are not still helpful as part of improving our self-awareness, but it is probably good to start with some what questions, particularly if you're trying to do something regularly. So we've just described, ask yourself a what question every day. That does tend to quite quickly get you into, A, what can I learn? But then also, what might I do? So if this is something that maybe you find hard or you're doing for the first time, or even the idea of 
slowing down and stopping to do this and finding five minutes feels quite tough or quite vulnerable, what questions are particularly useful as a place to get started? So idea for action number two is to spend some time every month with a feedback friend. And this is sometimes described as loving critics in the research. So this one helps you to get external self-awareness because this is where you are asking someone for their perspective and their feedback. So we've written a little mini job spec for what a feedback friend should have, what characteristics we're looking for. The first one is that they are supportive, on your side and want you to succeed. The second is that they don't shy away from difficult feedback. And the third is that they care personally and can challenge directly. Now, you don't always have to be having a conversation with these people where they're maybe being more critical. But I think when we think about it, we very rarely have these kinds of conversations with people who know us well enough that they feel that they can have these kinds of conversations without worrying about hurting our feelings and also that are skillful enough to have these conversations without hurting our feelings. When I was thinking about this, it really reminds me of Kim Scott's work on radical candor. And we know how hard that is to have these kind of feedback conversations. I don't think this is a big, long list of people. I think even if this is just one person for you, that can be really helpful. And can you create a moment every month where you're thinking, this is a really good opportunity to talk to that feedback friend, or this is a really good project or a really good moment in time where I could just do with that external perspective. So Helen, do you want to talk about one of our feedback friends? Yeah. So Bruce Daisley, who some of you may know from his podcast, Eat, Sleep, Work, Repeat, has been a real mentor to us through, I think, podcast process and especially the book writing and publishing process. More recently, I think, on our TED Talk, he really helped <laughs> us. Even though, even though it was hard to hear, he really helped us get to a TED Talk that we are proud of. And so what actually happened with our TED Talk is Sarah and I wrote various iterations. And after agonising over them and finally recording one of them on Zoom, we sent that round to a few people to get feedback from. And I think we thought it was in quite a good place. What would you say, Sarah? Yeah. Like, a, like a seven, seven out of ten? I think, seven, yeah, yeah. yeah, seven I mean, out we, of ten. We, we, I was feeling quite good. I remember thinking, oh, maybe we're sort of quite close now to get something. We, this is promising. I think it certainly felt promising. And then we had a few people that came back and were like, oh, yeah, it's good. It's good. And you could maybe do a bit more of this. And it was quite subtle feedback. But generally, it was in sort of like the seven to ten sort of range mm. that we were at. And then Bruce gave us some feedback that I was like, <laughs> basically, this is like a one or a two out of ten. I think yeah. his very specific feedback was, you are interesting. This is not basically yeah. go do better. <laughs> and, and he gave us more, you know, he gave us more insight. But he cares about us and believes that we can do well and he can be very candid with his feedback. And we really trust and value that. But the thing with Bruce is he always tells us when we've got it right as well. So he's mm. seen, for example, he's seen copies of You Coach You and he has given us some very positive feedback about You Coach You and said, I can see all the work you put into this. This is a brilliant book. And we know when he says that, he means that because he would also tell us if it wasn't. So that's yeah. that's what you really want with your feedback friend. Go get a Bruce. I can still remember, you know, where I was when Bruce sent that message about our <laughs> TED Talk. I think because just because you know someone cares personally and is candid, it's still hard to hear. And you're not trying to pretend that it's easy to receive that kind of feedback. But I think that what makes the world of difference is that first point where I said, you know those people want you to succeed. So they're only telling you in the spirit of wanting to help you be even better. They're so on your side. And I never doubt with Bruce that he's anything other than on our side. So I take everything he has to say really seriously. But you can probably count on one hand the kind of number of people who I think can play that role because 
it's quite a unique set of skills and circumstances that almost have to be in place for someone to be able to play that role for you. So just think about who are those people for you and how could you approach spending more time with those people? Because I always feel like I learn loads every time I spend time with Bruce. And also maybe think about how you could be a feedback friend for somebody else, Mm. because not only will you help them, you will develop a much better skill of feedback in the process, which you can use. You can use more broadly at work as well. So idea for action number three is called self-awareness scenario planning. So this is about using what's described as mental models to improve our self-awareness. So mental models really just means imagining something was true and then figuring out what you would do and why. That's why I've called it scenario planning, because I think you're just sort of imagining or visualising these scenarios and then just thinking, what would that mean for me? So, for example, some of the questions that might prompt scenarios for you could be things like, if you had enough money to do whatever you wanted What job or career would you pursue? What would you like to tell your family about what you accomplished in your career? If you were someone else looking in at your career, what are the three things that would impress you the most? So you're sort of trying to take yourself out of your day-to-day reality, I think, when you're doing this. And you're, you're just trying to think through these almost hypothetical or imaginary moments or they're sort of prompts, aren't they, to just get you to think differently and often I think they can really then help your self-awareness because it's, it's interesting to figure out well, what would you do or what's the thing that you want people to say about you when you're not in the room that would be another really good question what I think it really helps you to do is figure out what's most important to you and what motivates and drives you and one of the words that does come up a lot when you're reading about self-awareness is values and at this point I go oh you start to connect the dots of thinking actually part of developing your self-awareness is understanding your values, the things that motivate and drive you. This self-awareness scenario planning helps you to understand your values. Makes me think, actually, I had um, a mentor meeting recently with my old manager, James, and we were chatting about stuff. And he said to me, similar to the first question that you asked about if you had enough money to do whatever you wanted, what job or career would you pursue? He said, if I gave you £10 million, what would you be doing differently? And, That's and a good question. It, it was really good. And it really made me pause and think. And I was actually, I ended up sketching a few different ideas out. And it made me think about my values to your point about achievement and growth, and how actually when you took that constraint off, I sort of had broader definitions of that than maybe I was working on at the moment. And it made me realize how important that was to me. So I think mm. those questions are really useful to get yourself out of the day to day and think about what's the direction that really matters to you as well. So our fourth idea for action is all around mistakes and being a bit kind to yourself about mistakes that you might make. So what we suggest that you do is do a bit of a mistake monitor. So don't move on from your mistakes too quickly and don't beat yourself up too badly about them. What we want you to do is use your mistakes to demonstrate a bit of self-compassion. And this is the ability to look at your failures with kindness and understanding. So reflect on your mistake. Think about what happened, why it happened, what you learned from it, what you would do differently, what was in your control, maybe what was out of your control, because sometimes mistakes happen, but we weren't in control of all the variables that contributed to it. And that's a good thing to recognise to stop yourself beating yourself up so much about them. And I think what's interesting when I was reading about this is when you've got good self-compassion and self-awareness, when those two things go hand in hand, you don't judge yourself too harshly when you make a mistake. So you realise no one is perfect, you can observe a situation with that objectivity. And I think some of us 
in those moments where we make mistakes, that's when our inner critic creeps in and we can be our own worst critic. So you might recognise that as a behaviour that feels familiar for you. And or you might get defensive and almost feel the need to remind people of your successes, which is much more about letting go of your ego. And it was interesting when I was reading that yesterday, I was thinking... I actually don't necessarily let my inner critic creep in, but I definitely do the second one. I almost feel like I, I've got a need to like go, oh, but this is good, or I've done this well. And I think that is just a defence mechanism. It is to do with your ego. And so as you're thinking about this one, think about when you do make mistakes, because we all do, do you have one of those that you naturally kind of veer towards? Does that inner critic become even louder? Or do you almost get all a bit more defensive? And I definitely can recognise I go a bit more defensive. And then it just helps you to take a step back and to get perspective and just to use mistakes. And if you've got a mistakes monitor, it's all just about using them, A, just to improve your self-awareness and your self-compassion, but also just to focus on learning. What are the mistakes that I've made and what did I learn? The sooner you can get to the learning, the more you'll improve your self-awareness. I think this is so much easier said than done, to be honest. I still find this really hard, but I do sort of recognise now that when... I make mistakes or we make mistakes as a team at Amazing If, I try and respond to them really differently. Even if sort of my inner monologue is telling me one thing, I almost try to sort of cage it or quieten it down by doing some of these other things. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. So Idea for Action 5 is all about your thinking traps. We know that you improve your self-awareness if you can spot and almost appreciate any repeated patterns of thinking that you have that are getting in your own way. It's essentially when your thinking becomes rigid and repetitive. So you're sort of thinking the same thing a lot and it's in in a helpful way. It's not helping you. 
And if you've got the self-awareness to be able to see that, then you're much more likely to be able to do something about it. Whereas if we can't even see the thinking trap, the likelihood is that we will stay stuck or keep stalling or stuck in kind of a cycle or a spiral of unhelpful thoughts that mean we're not making any positive progress. So it could be a thinking trap about yourself, i.e. you might be thinking, I'm not good enough in some way, so I'm not good enough to be doing this job. Perhaps when you do that, make those mistakes that we talked about, your default is to always just be like, well, I knew I wasn't good enough. And you keep just telling yourself, I'm not good enough, I'm not good enough. Or perhaps sometimes your thinking traps are about other people. So maybe there's a particular person or a team and you're stuck in a bit of a thinking trap about your perception of that person or team. So you might think, well, they never listen to me or they never take me seriously or people in that area never aren't interested in what I've got to say. And so you've got these thinking traps. So the first thing you need to do with these thinking traps is be aware of what they sound like for you. I almost, when I've done this in a workshop, I actually write little speech bubbles and get people to tell me, like, what does it sound like? What would a thinking trap sound like for you? So, Helen, if I could see a speech bubble coming out of your brain, (laughs) what what, what do you, which actually I can actually really imagine now, I could already visualise that. What would that speech bubble sound like if you were stuck in a thinking trap that you can recognise that perhaps you've got the self-awareness to be able to see, like, right here, right now? Mine would probably say, I can get it done quicker myself. In fact, I say that, I'm saying it now, I can almost hear that little mantra in my head. Um, <laughs> I think I default to that a lot. And that means that I don't explain my thinking to other people. I don't get other people's idea. I mean, there are, there's a whole load of reasons why that's a trap, but it is one that is very stuck on repeat in my head. What about you? What, what would your little speech bubble say? So I think mine would be something about numbers. I'm not good at numbers, would be like the big sweeping thinking trap that I have. And almost then I still can sometimes get a bit scared of asking about numbers. I think I keep my distance from numbers. So even Mm. when you sometimes talk to me about the numbers, I'll just sort of go, as long as it's all okay. And then I don't really want to interrogate it. And I think partly because I get worried about showing myself up of like not knowing or like asking a stupid question, all those kind of fears. And partly because I just feel like it's been part of my DNA for such a long time. I think, well, as long as everything's fine, almost if I go too close to it, I might ruin it. Something might go wrong. (laughs) So I think I have, there's probably like all these like mini thinking traps, but the big one would just be about like, don't get too close to the numbers because something bad will happen. (laughs) And listening to you there, I guess the point of this, the point of understanding your thinking traps and actually the point of self-awareness generally is to support you to take you know, positive action. So what we actually talk about in You Coach You is taking the thinking traps and reframing it into a positive prompt. So mine, for example, if my thinking trap was, I can do it quicker myself, a positive prompt might sound more like, how could I do this better with other people? Or how could bringing other people in improve my output or something like that? And Sarah's, I need to keep my distance from numbers, could be a positive prompt for that, could be, how could I improve the performance of the business by getting closer to the commercials? Something like that. But, you know, I think working those out because those curious questions, those positive prompts will support your action much, much better than holding onto that thinking trap for too long. Essentially, the skill that you're practising there is reframing. That's what you're trying to do. You're trying to, first of all, the self-awareness point, I think, really, is knowing the thinking trap. So what are those repeated, rigid patterns of thinking that are just unhelpful for you? And I think once you know them, that's almost like step one of self-awareness. And then I think step two of self-awareness is doing that reframing that we've then just talked about. Because it's once you get to the reframing that you start to then think, 
that's when you really get to action. So you've sort of got awareness and action there in what we've just described. An idea for action number six is probably the hardest, <laughs> so we've left it for last. <laughs> These are nervous laughs, everyone. Nervous they are laughs. nervous laughs. Okay. So this one is about you at your best and you at your worst. And we all have moments when we're at our best and our worst, including Sarah and I. And really, the process of figuring out what they are for you is your internal self-awareness. But then asking other people for their perspective is external self-awareness. So what I thought we'd do, which I didn't run past Helen until she'd seen this in our podcast structure was have a think for ourselves. So do the internal self-awareness of when we think we're at our best and our worst. So I've thought for me, in Amazing If, when do I think I'm at my best? When do I think I'm at my worst? And then now I'm going to ask Helen to tell me what she thinks when I'm at my best and when I'm at my worst. And then I've got to be honest. You're going to all have to trust me as listeners as to what I thought and how close I was. And then we'll do the same for Helen quickly. So you can hear this kind of live in action. And I do think what's useful about this is everybody's at their best and at their worst sometimes. This is hopefully kind of universally something we can all do. But probably my one caveat to this is in a high trust team. You've probably got to be in an environment where you trust each other. You feel comfortable having these conversations. And luckily enough for Helen and I, well, we're about to see. We're about to find out. Like, um, <laughs> How much trust there really is in this team, so, Sarah? You could, you could go first, Helen. Um, okay, so I, I know when I think... I've, so I've had a think. I've done my internal self-awareness. And I've thought, right, when do I think I'm at my best and at my worst? And so now... You need to give me your perspective and let's see how how I will my do this external self-awareness is. I, I feel like we should have those posts. You know how magicians like write it down yeah. and afterwards they're like, yeah. see whether it matches. I'm trusting yeah, yeah. that you're okay, not going to go, me. yes, yes, I'm very self-aware. Um, so I think you are at your best with a post-it note and a pen. And what I mean by that is you connecting different ideas and just letting your brain do its thing. I can't really describe it, but you with a post-it note and pen is a wonderful thing to watch. And I think you are at your worst when you overthink something to the extent that you either get stuck and you stay there for too long before kind of going, oh, I could just do with a bit of input to accelerate my thinking, or when you overthink something and you worry because I always think when you, whenever you've told me you've worried about something, I'm like, that is unnecessary energy. You do not need to worry <laughs> about that. You should have just asked. Uh, so that would be mine. How how close? Uh, the first one. So I think I'm at my best. I thought about just ideas, like coming up with new ideas, which I think is quite close to your post-it and pens. I think you'd been even more specific. So that's helpful. I think the at my worst, I'd not seen the second point that you'd said. So you know your when you overthink and then you worry and then by the time I've told you, I've worried about it a lot and I've left it too late. Now you've said that, I can really see it. I hadn't crossed my mind. So that's I've improved my external self-awareness from your feedback then. So that works, which is great. And I think the first one I did recognise, I actually had something different <laughs> as my at my worst. I sometimes think I worry about, this may be the worry point coming up again, I sometimes get a bit fixated on small things that don't make that much difference and get a bit frustrated that they're not right. So I do get frustrated by a typo or something where I don't I think it could have been that bit better. And I sometimes wonder if I spend time worrying about like the wrong things, which is slightly different, I think. I think they're all mixed together, those things that you I love talked that you about. Worry about worrying about things. <laughs> yes, yeah. So basically I worry about what I worry. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> Moving so, on. <laughs> yeah. You can see how even that last one you said was like not quite new news because I recognised it, but it certainly isn't where my head had gone. So I've already thought, okay, that's useful. What might I now do differently as a result? Okay, so my turn then. What what do you think? Uh, so I think you're your best when you're creating a prototype. I always think of you as like a prototyper. 
when I say prototype, I do mean something that is out in the world. You're different to me that you're not, it's not about ideas. For you, it's about you're making something happen and you're a real making something happen person and you just sort of do it quickly but it's also brilliant pretty quickly like where you get to so quickly like never fails to astound me and I'm always just like I look at it and go well how has that happened in 45 minutes or how has that happened in an afternoon and you won't you will just bring together loads of threads and themes and you'll just make it really useful and you'll get it out there and you'll get feedback on it and I'm just like I could give our listeners 10 examples of things that are true after a year of amazing if that wouldn't be true if it wasn't for you and I'm like well I can literally point at those things and I can see them all the time. And I think they're so brilliant. Um, so that's your at your best. Come on. <laughs> I, I feel like no I one think I know to be at my best because you're waiting for the at my worst. Maybe there's something in that. At your worst, I think, is when you get frustrated because things are not happening quickly enough. I suppose often these things are connected, that at your best and at your worst. But because, as you mentioned, actually, in the thinking trap, because you can do things quickly, I can see that just sometimes you get you almost don't have the empathy to understand how it could take someone else longer. For example, you'll say to me, can you just write this social media post? And for you, it's a 10 minute job. But for the rest of the world, it's a 30 minute job. Or someone needs to think about it a bit more, or they can't just quite get to it as fast as you can. And I think sometimes then that can be you at your worst, because not only do you think I can do it faster, but you don't quite get that other people can't work or process things in the same way that you can and so sometimes I feel like I have to say to you like oh no I I can't just do that in 10 minutes in the way that you do or like oh no I do actually need to take a break or do something a bit different and I sometimes think you're a bit like oh that's weird I don't really get it (laughs) because it's so different to your style so sometimes I just think that it's kind of an empathy point doesn't mean you're not empathetic because you are but I think there are moments at your worst where that empathy maybe reduces a little (laughs) That's fine. You can totally say okay. that also. That's what I said to my, myself. So the, oh, the, okay. <laughs> the other one was slightly different. So I really like the prototype one because it's so specific. I thought you might go with energy as me at my best, oh, like okay. energising people. But I was really aligned with your other one. I think me at my worst is where efficiency trumps empathy because I get so get it done that I kind of go... <laughs> get it done, get on board. Or, or like, what's wrong with you? But really hearing you say it, because I think I know that, but I still don't really know the impact of it so hearing you talk about it makes me think oh that's quite selfish not to think about the impact of that on other people so I will I will I will endeavor (laughs) to work on that a little bit more so just as a reminder here are the six ways to accelerate your self-awareness one ask yourself one what question at the end of every day two spend time every month with a feedback friend three try some self-awareness scenario planning Four, have a go at being a mistake monitor. Five, spot your thinking traps and see how you could reframe them into positive prompts. Six, have a go at that at my best and at my worst exercise for yourself and then ask other people for their perspective too to build your internal and external self-awareness at the same time. And I just wanted to finish today's podcast with a brilliant quote from Peter Drucker, the kind of management theorist, which is a really good reminder of the reason to believe as to why developing our self-awareness is important for all of us. And he says, follow effective action with quiet reflection. From quiet reflection will come even more effective action. So basically, it's a really good summary of how if we want to be better, self-awareness is a critical part of that process. 
there are lots of other themes that we've talked about in the podcast before that I think contribute to self-awareness and that I've seen coming up when I've been reading about self-awareness. So if you're thinking, how can you continue to think about what this might look like and the actions that you could take above and beyond the six that we've talked about today, here are some of those themes so you can almost design your own development and look at some of those other podcast episodes, not just from us, but from other places as well. So things like feedback, values, reflection, emotional intelligence and emotional agility. And we will put together a playlist of all the different podcasts that we think will help you with your self-awareness. And we'll make sure that that is linked to as part of the pod sheet. You can sign up for our pod mail. So that's something that comes into your inbox every Tuesday. And it has the pod sheet summary on there. It has a reminder of the episode and the kind of key themes. Puts everything together in one place. So if that would be helpful for you, you can sign up to that. And that's where I'll make sure that we put the pod list as well for you. So I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. And I hope it does help to improve your self-awareness. Really appreciate you all listening. And we'll be back with you again soon. Bye for now. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.